I'm so glad that you're here today. I want to welcome you once again, and just um, it's good to see everybody here. Today we're wrapping up a series that we've called Finding Freedom, and we've been talking about biblical strategies for lasting change. And the key word there is lasting, change that, that is the, the new norm for your life, okay? Everybody can experience change for a little while, but we want change that's going to stick around. We want lasting change. And uh, we've been talking about, you know, biblical ways to create that. The first week we began by talking about the first step toward change. And the first step toward change is that we begin to dare to hope again. Hope is so key for change. It's so key. It's so important. It's so vital that we begin, that we learn how to hope again. You know, hoping is an amazing thing, and it's a powerful thing. Without it, when you don't have hope, then whatever difficulty you're in, if you've been there, you know that it just sucks the life out of you, right? Whatever your problem is, whatever your difficulty is, whatever your bondage in, if you don't have hope, it just literally sucks the life out of you. But when you begin to get hope, you begin to hope again, then it literally, it breathes life and strength into you. And you begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we talked about, you know, changing our perspective in order to cultivate hope in our hearts where hope was gone. Um, in the second week, we talked about creating lasting change, uh, that the fact that it, if we want to create lasting change, one part of that is uh, taking care of ourselves. And um, also, I've been reminded that uh, any young people in here that still need to go to class, this would be the time. Actually, um, a few minutes ago would have been the time, but you can go now. Jeff's going to the fireplace room for the junior-senior high, so uh, follow him on out. <laughs> Um, but we've, you know, one part of this is taking care of yourselves physically. You see, we are physical beings, we are spiritual beings, we are emotional beings. We have all of this going on at one time, and one part affects the other. And if you feel, uh, uh, if you feel uh, uh, below par physically, you not you know stuff's going on physically and you're just not up to to par. Then that affects you emotionally. It affects you uh, 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 spiritually. It affects all the areas affect each other. So we want to take care of ourselves physically. Uh, and then in week three we saw that you know freedom. We're talking about freedom. Freedom really comes and victory really comes one day at a time. You know, success, freedom, victory, whatever you want to label it, it lasts one day. And then tomorrow is a new day. And the next day is a new day. And then to the next day you go back and do it again. It's a one day at a time thing. So each day matters. Each day matters. Each day has to be lived well. And then the next day you repeat the process. And then the next day, you repeat it again, and the next, until we begin to get some momentum going. Once we get some momentum going, then uh, uh, things start to kick in and things get much easier. How many know that's true, right? Remember, we talked about the, the fact of pushing a car. How many have pushed a car that has run out of gas before? 
you know, and you, you know, you get, uh, 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 you, what do you do? You open the car door, you put your hand on the wheel, you put your shoulder against the, uh, uh, the uh, door jam. That's right, thank you. And you start pushing, and it takes everything you've got, especially if it's a big car, takes everything you've got to get that thing moving the first couple of inches. Once you get it moving, then it picks up speed, it picks up momentum, and you can keep it going, and it's a lot easier until at the end, uh, you know, often what you have to do then is jump in and put your foot on brake to stop it where you want it to stop, or it'll, you know, kind of keep going on that momentum. Uh, and it's also helpful if you've got somebody else pushing with you, okay? And that's where the church comes in. That's why the community, the church community is so important. None of us can do this on our own. None of us can, can exist on our own. We need our church family. You know, we need our church family. We need the people around us, this community, that cheer us on, to encourage us, to help us, and sometimes to take the lead uh, uh, and, and, and push the, the hardest for us because we've run out of strength. So that is all important. So we talked about, you know, uh, the, the momentum there. Then last week, Jeff talked about the importance of breaking away from our undue influence of others and the need that we have for approval, right? How many of us know that, that part of us always thrives on the approval of others? As much as we would say that we don't really care what others think about us or what others say about us, some part in us really does, you know, but we've got to break away from the grip that has on us, the, the approval, and we have to learn to overcome the temptation of, you know, to listen to all the criticism of others and comparing ourselves to others, and we need to always be ready to forgive others because, let's face it, everybody you know, at some point or another, you're going to have to forgive them. And you know what else? Everybody you know at some point or another, is going to have to forgive you, right? So let's get off of this thing of, well, you know, I always do everything's right, and everybody else is messed up, and they shouldn't do this. Let's just look at ourselves and say, yeah, I'm kind of messed up too. I shouldn't do this. So God have mercy on me, and everybody forgive me. And, you know, um, so you got to have, you know, for forgiveness going on. Anytime you live in any kind of a community, a family, anything, you're going to need to forgive, and you're going to need to be forgiven. So let's just get that out of the way right now, and let's just, you know, learn to forgive, whatever it is. You know, in fact, God tells us that if, if we want Him to forgive us, then we need to forgive the people around us. So forgiveness is, is key there. And, and that. So, but, you know, bottom line is with last week was, you know, we want to seek the favor of God not the favor of man, okay? It doesn't mean that we're obnoxious to everybody else that we know and that we don't, you know, but it means that, that, that what really matters is not others' opinions on us, not others what others think or, or their view of us. What really matters is how does God see me? What's his opinion of me? And so that's, that's the bottom line. Today, we're going to look at, the, at a principle that I think is, is the most essential of all of them. And because without, without an unwavering commitment to the principle we're going to talk about today, to this specific quality, 
we will never experience lasting change. We may experience short-lived change, but we'll never experience lasting change. What am I talking about? Persistence. The power of persistence. Um, it's, that, that's, that's a willingness, or rather a determination to try again. And again. And yet again. Most worthwhile accomplishments are rarely achieved or accomplished with the first effort. Success comes only as a result of repeated efforts. Do you know what the greatest predictor of a smoker's ability to quit smoking is? You want to know what it is? The greatest predictor, they've done studies on this, and the greatest predictor of a smoker's ability to quit smoking is that they have tried and failed at least once before. And for most of us, it's like many times before. Rarely do smokers successfully quit on the first try. I can't tell you how many times I tried and, and uh, failed and tried and failed and tried. One time I had quit for five months, and then I failed again, and it started all over again. But I didn't give up. <laughs> and now, 40 years later, I'm glad that I didn't give up. I'm glad that I tried one more time. Um, so, you know, people who create lasting change are those who have the courage to keep trying. Failure after failure after humiliating failure, they just keep trying. They don't give up. So if you find yourself bound by, whether you want to call them bad habits or addictions or, you know, repeated failures, overwhelming sins, whatever it is, a life of victory is possible. And it's possible for you, for every one of you. And it's not only possible, but it's yours for the taking if we're willing to present to to uh, persist. I've seen it in my work in my life, and I'm sure that many of you have seen it in your life too. The areas in which you finally found freedom are the areas in which you've practiced the principle of persistence and not giving up. Of course, there's also most likely areas in all of our lives which we're both still in the uh, try-again mode. I think we all probably have that going on. One area for me is, you know, getting healthy physically. You know, I think, you know, everybody, you know, if you've been here before, you know that this year that's been, you know, something that I've been working on, and I'm making progress. I'm happy with the progress I've made, but, you know, I've got momentum going now, but I'm not giving up. Every day I'm getting up and going at it again, trying to get, you know, to take care of myself and to get healthy because um, that's, uh, quite honestly, is something that the Lord placed on my heart this year that I needed to do. So, you know, if we're ever to experience lasting change, ever to experience an, an abiding victory, it's imperative that we keep trying again and again and again. I can't tell you how many times I've tried before to get healthy and failed. But this so far, it's lasting longer than any other time, and it's going to last. I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to keep going. You know, um, President Calvin, Calvin Coolidge once said this, Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, 
press on has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Now, there's a lot about that statement that we could pick apart. You know, it kind of kind of kind of makes it gives you the feel that well, it's only our you know, it's all our human effort. You know, and and that's not the case. But I want you to hear the main point of Calvin Coolidge's statement. The main point in this was persistence is the key to lasting change. Persistence, that's the key to lasting change. That quality of not giving up, not quitting, but digging in with a tenacity. And you know, I would say. All of us would agree that it's important, but yet I think we would also agree that sometimes we lack the motivation to do it. Is that right? A lot of times we don't follow through on it. Something is because we lack the motivation to do it. Um, So today I want to talk about getting a permanent handle on this principle of persistence because without it, without persistence in your life, your life is going to always be hit and miss. The struggles, the areas that you struggle with, always be hit and miss without persistence. So let's talk about how we can make persistence a permanent practice (coughs) in our daily lives. I want to give you three things uh, that I want you to think about this morning. And the first of these is that it's important to nail down the why of persistence. This is key. You've got to nail down the why of persistence. Because someone once said, if you have a big enough why then you'll figure out the how. If you have a big enough why, if the reason ahead of you is, is, is um, uh, big enough, then whatever it takes, you will figure out how to do something. Right? Right? You, you've heard uh, 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 stories of where somebody's working on a car, and a car, the jack fails, and it drops on them, and they're you know, someone comes out and there's, you know, uh, there's their loved one trapped under a car uh, that, you know, and, and they can't get out and there's nobody around to help and how they will somehow muster up the strength to lift that car so that the person get it. You've heard those stories, right? You find a way to do it when the why is big enough, whether it's the adrenaline of extra strength or uh, the, you know, emotionalism, the, the know-how, you find a way to do it when the why is big enough. Uh, you know, so ask yourself, why is this area of freedom, whatever it is you're talking about, whatever it is you're struggling with, why is this area of freedom uh, important to you? Why is the victory in this area, why is it so important to you? Why is succeeding in this one thing? Why is this so big to you? Why is it so important to you? And there's a lot of reasons that we could give. A lot of reasons people are motivated to do the things they do. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by power. Some people are motivated by prestige and status and all of that. Different things motivate different people. But there is something that can motivate us. And, and we need to, that, that whatever it is for us... We need to figure out the why of the uh, 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 the why this is so important that will propel us to persist until we have victory. And um, let me suggest a couple of whys that will keep you going even when you're tempted to call it quits. And one is that persistence pleases God. He is pleased with it. Do you hear that? He is pleased with it when we try and try and try again. If your goal is a good thing, 
you know, victory over some area of struggle in your life, some area of sin, or, or you want to rid yourself of, of, of an addiction, or, or you, know, you want to be useful to God in some area of ministry, or you know, maybe you're, you're uh, struggling in your marriage and you want a better marriage, and, and you, or you want to be a good parent and you're struggling with that or whatever. If, if that's your goal, if it's a good thing, something that pleases God, then you know that, that God's stamp of approval is on it, then you can be sure that he wants you to persist in your pursuit of it. You can be sure that he is behind you in this. That's why Solomon said in Proverbs 24, 16, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. See, a lot of times we forget this verse and we think to be godly means you never mess up, you never trip up. You never stumble. You never fall. No. Here it says the godly may trip seven times, but they get up again. That's what makes the difference. God wants you to persist because persistence is a quality that separates the, the righteous person from the wicked person. Both fall, right? I think we can agree every one of us falls, every single one of us without exception. But the righteous person is the person that keeps getting up. They fall, they trip, they stumble, they get up and do it again. They go for it again. They fall again, they get up and go for it. They just don't quit. They, keep a, uh, they, they take a licking and keep on ticking. Remember Timex or the energy bunny? It's like that. You know, nothing stops them. They just keep on going. How many are familiar with Floyd Patterson? Anybody? couple know the name. He was a heavyweight boxing champion in the middle 20th century. One time he was being interviewed, and uh, the interviewer mentioned that he had been knocked down more than any other heavyweight champion in history. You know what his reply was? Yeah, but I also got up more than any fighter in history. God isn't looking at how many times we get knocked down. That's not what matters to him. What matters to him is how many times we get back up again. And what pleases him is that the times we get back up are at least just one more than the times we get knocked down. Think about it. That's what matters. The writer of Hebrews says, in Hebrews 12, 12 and 13 says, so take a new grip with your tired hands. I mean, he's not denying that our hands get tired. Our hands get tired, our knees get weak, you know, we, we, we get tired with this. It says, take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. He's saying, keep on trying, keep persisting. That's what God wants. If you've tried a thousand times to do something and you failed a thousand times, and you feel like you're trapped by your own weakness, I want you to know that God is pleased when you try again. And that's really the biggest why and all the why that we really need. But there's another one I want to talk to you about. And that is not only does persistence matter to God, but your persistence also benefits others. 
it helps others. Your persisting helps others. In his first letter to the church at Thessalonica, the church which had withstood quite a bit of opposition, Paul said, in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. He's saying, in spite of all this that you've gone through, you've gone through intense persecution, intense struggles, and intense trials, but you have persevered and you became an example in that to everyone else. So now they can look to you and be encouraged. They can look to you and say, if they did it, then we can do it. If they made it, then we can make it. When you win the battle, and if you persist, ultimately you will, your victory will inspire others to keep trying. Your message will become, if I can do it, you can do it, and I can show you how. Finding freedom is not just benefiting you. It benefits others. It gives them hope. It gives them a, uh, a, a reason to try again. You know, I, I listen to a lot of um, Dave Ramsey's podcasts, um, a lot. And part of the reason I started was to hear the stories that people calling in who were so deeply in debt and got free of debt, you know, and to hear those stories, it was so encouraging. It was, it was, I mean, anytime you hear a story in anybody's area, you know, uh, if it's an addiction and you hear somebody's story that, that breaks an addiction, that has broken addiction, has become free, um, or a, a marriage that's struggling. Uh, you hear a story of a, uh, of a marriage that's struggling and even has split apart, and then suddenly, you know, uh, not always suddenly, through hard work and, you know, intervention of God in that, it's restored and, you know, stronger than ever. We hear stories, when we hear stories of other people's struggles, when they're struggling with the same thing that we are, it encourages us, right? You say, you know, there's somebody that made it. There's somebody that knows what I'm going through. There's somebody that I can identify with. There's somebody that made it, and it encourages us. So, you know, it, it, it benefits others. Um, you know, so if you find yourself saying, you know, I have failed so many times. I've been in this prison cell longer than I can remember. Why should I try again? I want you to think about what your persistence means to God and what your persistence means to others. That's enough why, enough why right there to keep you going. So nail down the why. Secondly, nail down the how of persistence. The how. How many can give me the uh, common cultural definition of insanity? Anybody give it to me? What? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody but Josh give me the, uh, yeah. Yes, doing the same thing over and over and yet expecting a different outcome. So you might wonder, well, what's the difference between insanity and persistence? <laughs> I mean, isn't it crazy just to keep trying, thinking that, well, this time it's going to be different? 
I like what Seth Godin said. He said, persistence isn't using the same tactics over and over. That's just annoying. Persistence is having the same goal over and over. See, in the Gospel of John, uh, this was after the resurrection, the disciples, uh, uh, the apostles spent the entire night fishing and caught nothing. And these were experienced fishermen, and they were catching nothing, nada. Fish weren't biting, fish weren't jumping in their net, fish weren't doing anything. They were playing hide-and-seek, and they were hiding really well, okay? They weren't catching anything. Jesus walks up on shore and calls out to them and says this, John 21, 6, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. Say, if you haven't caught anything, throw it out on the right side of the boat. That's where all the fish are. You'll catch some then. And, and you know, so they did. You know, first Peter's thinking, like, Lord, you know, we've been fishing, you know, we've been, been fishing all night, haven't caught anything. You mean just taking our nets from here to here and we're going to suddenly? Why not? So he did it. All of a sudden they caught so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. I mean, it was just, it, the boats were ready to sink because of the catch. It was like he was saying, try again, but this time, do it a little differently. See, the goal didn't change. The goal was catching fish. The goal didn't change. The strategy didn't change. What they modified was their method a little bit, and this time it worked. If your goal is to... Let's say it's to revitalize your devotional life. You've been struggling with that. You know, we've all gone through, if we're not struggling now with it, we have in the past times where we're just struggling with it. Then, you know, um, uh, try, if you're unable to do it consistently, think about how you can do it differently. You know, maybe, um, maybe try earlier in the day or try later in the day. You know, try a different time, and maybe that time is just not, you know, working for you. Try maybe with an accountability partner, somebody that's going to check up with you, with you and say, encourage you, and that to be, to be more consistent with it. Maybe there's a particular devotional guide that'll help you, you know, where, where you pick up a devotional, and you've tried some before, but you try, you're trying a different one, and it's like, wow, this one really connects with me. It resonates with my spirit. Um, you know, maybe finding a different place in the house, you know, where you can actually get alone and, or, or whatever it is, try changing, you know, the, the, the changing it up a little bit, doing things a little differently. Instead of giving up, ask yourself, what are some ways I could cast my net on the other side of the boat? The how of persistence is... Not that you just keep doing the same thing again and again, trying and failing, trying and failing. The how of persistence is that as you keep pressing on, you look for ways to adapt. You look for ways to do it a little differently. You look for ways to do it a little better until you find something that works. Now, another how of persistence that you, we really cannot overlook, and that is that while we're doing that part, we continue to seek God's presence in the process, and we ask Him to help us, because we need His help. 
there's a balance to be maintained. We can't say, well, if God wants to give me victory in this area, then uh, he's just going to make it happen. And if God wants me to, you know, uh, uh, to succeed in this area, then uh, I'll just wake up one day successful and it's going to happen. Doesn't work that way. We can't say that. We've got to accept responsibility for our part, our part in experiencing victory. So if you want to find freedom in any area of your life, you need to be willing to put forth your best effort. And in the process of putting forth your best effort, understand that it's only by the power of God that you will experience victory. He gives you the power. But you've got to connect with Him and tap into that power. You know, I can go and say I have to, I'm building something and I need to drill a hole in a piece of wood. I take my power drill. I can hold that power drill up to the board. And I can, you know, push a button and nothing happens. And I press it against that board and it's not going very far. It's just making a dent. So then I decide to twist the thing in my hand and I keep turning it. And it goes in, but it's really slow. And, you know, talk about a good way to get carpal tunnel. That'll do it for, two, for you, right? You know, do that. Or I can put the drill in place, plug into the power source, pull a button, and let the drill do the work. See, it's both. It's both. We do our part. God does his part. Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The key phrase there being through Christ. So we call on him every day for strength and for help. And, you know, God, I'm going to do, do my best, but I can't do it without you, so help me. I love what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 62. He said, O Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. I like that. Take no rest, all who pray to the Lord. He's talking about persistence. He's talking about not giving up. You know, reminding God again and again, as many times as necessary, that you're waiting for that promise of victory to be fulfilled in your life. You're continuing to go before him. He wants us to do this because it keeps our eyes focused on him rather than our problems, rather than our addiction, rather than our struggle. It keeps our problems, or I mean, excuse me, keeps our eyes focused on him rather than on our problems. Hebrews 12 says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, or some translations, the author and finisher of our faith fixing our eyes on him, not just once in a while looking up as we walk along, fixing our eyes on him, straight, focused, zeroing in on him. The key to persistence is to keep trying and keep trying, changing this method, changing that method along the way, but one thing that doesn't change is that all the while, we've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus the whole time. He is the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who came to set us free. So we look to him. We claim his promises of freedom. We remind him as often, you know, often of it as we wait in expectation, and that's a key part 
We wait in expectation. You know, it doesn't do any good to just, sometimes we have an attitude of, yeah, God, kind of dare you to do this because I know you're not going to. But we wait in expectation. And, and, you know, as we do that, he'll be pleased. So we nail down the why, we nail down the how. Third thing, we nail down the when of persistence. The when. Let me ask you, when do you think the when is? Now. Now. You know when now is? Now. It's today. It's today. It just hit me. Now, backwards, is one. If you want to have the victory won, then start now. It's the way my mind works. Okay. <laughs> I mentioned this, you know, in verse, uh, this verse in 2 Corinthians a couple of weeks ago. It says, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We don't have to wait for God's favor. He's pouring out his favor on us now. We stand in his favor. Now is the time of his favor. Now is the day. Today is the day. Now is the time that God sets his favor on us. Not next week, not next month, but it's now. God wants us to, you know, he wants us to persist through our difficulties. He wants to, to us to begin today, and he wants you to continue tomorrow. And he doesn't wait, say, wait until, you know, wait until the summer's over or wait until fall starts or wait until, you know, you get through the holidays or, you know, wait till next week, next month, next year, wait till we get a new job, whatever the wait till whatever, it doesn't, that's not it. He says today is the day, now is the time. Now we've talked in this series about, you know, defining what matters most to you. You know, in terms of your daily schedule, you know, I need to do this and this and this every day. We've talked about the importance of taking care of the basics of every day, living each day as you would if every day, everything in your life is the way it should be. We've, we talked about, about that, and, but, you know, these ideals will fall by the wayside if we don't decide now to persist in our efforts to see them through. And when you fall, you get back up again. And when you fall, you get back up again. And when you fall, you get back up, you try again, you keep doing that. As long as you get back up one more time than, when you, than the number of times you fell, then you're doing well. See, that's the difference between the wise, what the Bible calls the wise, and the foolish. It's the difference between the righteous and who the Bible says are the wicked. It's getting up one more time, trying one more time. So will you get up one more time and try again? Walter Elliott was a Catholic um, priest who lived in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. And I love how he describes uh, perseverance. This is what he said. Perseverance is not a long race. It's many short races, one after another. Anybody's ever been through AA? How do you do it? One day at a time. One day at a time. You get up each morning 
This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to live this day for Jesus. The next day you get up, say the same thing. The next day, the same thing. If you happen to fall, you get right back up and say it again. If you fall half an hour after you get up, you say, I'm going to start over this day, and I'm getting up and going right now. I'm not going to wait. Persisting our way through setbacks, defeats, with the courage to try again. That's how we find freedom. Again, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. If there's something that is in the way, something that you constantly trip over, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And let us run the race with perseverance marked, uh, run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, the path that he set us to go. We want run with perseverance, with persistence, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Once you've nailed down the why and the how and the when, then it's merely a matter of putting it into practice. Persistence says, I'm ready to try again. I'm ready to begin today. I'm not going to ask you to think about this and tomorrow morning make up your mind what you're going to do. Because the Bible says that today is the day. Now is the time of God's favor. If you, there is something that you are struggling with, you knew it before you came in here. You were aware of it before. And it may have been what brought you in here. It may have been something. I, I don't know. But you knew it before you came in here. You can have victory over whatever it is. You can. It's there for the taking. But you have to decide that you want it. Nobody else can decide for you. If you decide you don't, it's nobody else's responsibility. And if you decide, I do want it, you're the one that has to take that first step. It's actually the second step. It's the first step on our part because God's already taken the first step. He's already reached out to us in an amazing way by sending his son. He is a good, good father. He sent his son so that we could have life. Life doesn't just mean going to heaven someday. Life means enjoying his presence and enjoying his life and living in him right here, right now, today and the day of God's favor. So I want to ask you, you know, what are you struggling with and 
know, what do you need to persist in? And I want to pray. I'm going to ask God to show you the why. Maybe it has to do with, with your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it has to do with your relationship with your kids and, the, and, and all that could be lost. Maybe it has to do with, uh, I, I don't know, uh, uh, any, anything else. But there's two big whys, though, and that is that it pleases God, persistence pleases God, and it benefits others. Those are two big ones. Sometimes the others that we're thinking of are, the, are our family or those that are close to us. But I want to pray, and I'm going to ask God to show us the why and the how and to help us to start today. So, Father, I pray right now, as we've been talking about this power of persistence and not giving up, Lord, it's our human nature to get discouraged. And when we get discouraged, we often quit. But Lord, we've had it with that. We've had it with it. We ask that you would speak to each one of our hearts the area that we need help in and bring that why Bring the why to us right now. Help us to see the cost of not persisting and the price of that. And Lord, some of us have tried and tried and tried and fallen again and again and again. Show us how we can try again, but maybe a little bit differently. Show us the how. Show us the how. how what can we do differently that will produce different results? And Lord, help. Help us and empower us with the determination to start now. Let us make that determination even right now as we're sitting here in this room. Not after lunch, not after dinner, but now. If you're in here today and you've never taken the first step of saying yes to Jesus, that you want him in your life, not as an add-on, not as a good thing to have in your back pocket, but as the one to come in and rule your life. Call the shots to where you're ready to walk away from your old way of life. Come to him, ask for forgiveness, receive forgiveness, and just say, now I'm going to be walking with you, Jesus. I'm going to follow you.
and we ask that you would just simply tell him that right now in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I've tried it on my own and I've messed up. I've messed up. I need your help. Can't do it on my own. Tired of living on my own. Trying, tired of trying to figure everything out myself. I'm surrendering my life to you. You take charge. You change what needs to be changed. Remove what is not pleasing to you. Give me the righteousness of Jesus. And help me to live today, starting right now, to live for you. And then help me to get up tomorrow and do the same thing again. And then Tuesday. And then Wednesday. Every day. Because I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like the worship team to come up.